dear golly, Chad, you uh, you made the viewing audience enter that hideous Titan sweater on Friday's show, but it was all I for won't glory. apologize for that. It was all for glory. You knocked the Pats out of the playoffs, uh, knocking the Patriots out of the wild card for the first time in a decade. Ryan Tannehill, the great redeemer, what say you? I say that sweater's got mojo. Man, yeah. I'm going to have to make our audience uh, endure it again this Friday, so maybe we will take down another behemoth. How do you think uh, Tom Terrific felt with his very last pass maybe in Gillette Stadium being a pick six? I was disappointed by two things. I was disappointed uh, that he just like ran right off the field. Oh, you know, yeah. he didn't. It was a little bit unsportsmanlike. I was also he disappointed did. that... After they threw the interception, Tony Romo made a great point that this is best case scenario for what just happened because now at least they get they get the kickoff, they can return the kickoff, or they can throw a hail mary. But like they just they gave up. Like on the kick return, they were it just was like weird. I know they were like defeated. They I know just, they slayed the it dragon. It was a beat down. That, what it was? It was a beat down. Uh, the other thing that's kind of been uh, going on is there's these mysterious drones that have been flying over uh, Emily's home state of Nebraska. Colorado, Chad, what do you think they are? Well, if you know, if they're unidentified, I guess that's the definition of a UFO. Apparently you know, is. Yeah, maybe they're a flying baby Yoda's Dooner. Well, we have yeah. a lot of terrible news to get to today. Yes, 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 yeah. we do. Yeah, too much, so. but uh, we got to pay some bills too. So this episode is brought to you by DHL Supply Chain, the world's leading logistics company. DHL Supply Chain's team of experts simplify the complex and work with you to find solutions to your biggest transportation challenges. Learn how DHL can help your business at logistics.dhl.com. Hit the music. Oh, man. Well, we've been following this one all weekend. It was the police probe deadly chain reaction crash of trucks, a bus on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Buddy of mine from there said that's uh. A lot of construction around that area all the time. A lot of closures, and uh, it, it's just it's just some rough driving over it's there. It's intense. It's very dense in yeah. that area. Well, this time there was a UPS and FedEx Corporation. They offered uh, cooperation to authorities and sympathies to victims in the collision that left five people dead and scores injured 30 miles east of Pittsburgh. The Pennsylvania Turnpike crash that killed five people and injured about 60 Sunday morning involved a tragic succession of events in which two tractor trailers, it struck this overturned tour bus, and uh, those two crashed into it. They, they flew off to the, uh, what was like a gulch over there? Packages littered everywhere. And then another followed that by crashing into those, is yeah. my understanding, if you can follow that. <clears throat> it was a kind of a chain reaction type crash, said uh, Pennsylvania State Trooper Steve Limani uh, during the news conference. The uh, the bus overturned into an embankment, as you were saying. It was at 3.40 a.m. Mm. Uh, after failing to negotiate a curve on a westbound stretch of the turnbike 30, mile, 30 miles east of Pittsburgh in Westmoreland County, the uh, impacts of the tractor trailers laden with parcels yeah, quickly followed. They haven't identified the specific cause as of, as of yet, or at least to uh, my awareness. Uh, they do think that sudden rainfall could have played a role in the crash. I mean, again, it was, it was also 3.40 in the morning, right? So... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it was a, a tired, distracted driving. I mean, that's tough when a tour bus takes up a lot of road space. So when something like that flips over, were were the um, people inside the the tour bus when it got when it was struck? I think so. That? I think that's why there were so many injuries because oh. a lot of the people were the people within that tour okay. bus. UBS did not release a statement yet about the details, but they are cooperating. 
Well, in a similar uh, story, unfortunately, as we keep bringing you the bad news, uh, Michigan truck driver faces charges in a deadly Indiana pileup. Authorities cite mm. distracted driving in this case in a nine-vehicle cr- Sunday crash that claimed three lives in Boone County. A uh, truck driver has been charged in a deadly Sunday crash in Indiana that authorities say appears to have resulted from distracted driving. The wreck, which involved a semi and eight other vehicles, happened shortly after 11 a.m. on Interstate 65 northbound near the Zionsville exit, according to Boone County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, Matthew Lewis Small, 34, of Granville, Michigan. He's going to face three counts of reckless homicide, according to a news release mm. from the Sheriff's Office. Small said he had looked away to put down a coffee mug when he struck the other vehicles in slowing traffic, officials identified those killed as Maria Tomei, 21, Hadley Tomei, 1, oh, dear Lord, and Kylie Kirk, 19, all of Lebanon, 10, uh, Indiana. It's a sad day for two Boone County families, Sheriff Mike Nielsen said in the release, the loss of two young women and one one-year-old child, and, you know, with the five-year-old and the three-year-old especially. Like, when you become a parent, some of these stories, like, resonate so much more than when you're, like, an edgelord without kids. I don't know, like everything's just a number, but then when you have really young kids and you read a number, like, dear Lord, you like want to hug your kid harder. Yeah. um, I mean, these things happen. The roads are are so dangerous. All all three people killed were in a vehicle that was basically, it was pinned against a guardrail uh, while others were crashing into it. Uh, 14 other people in the accident had non-life-threatening injuries. A road in Laredo ranks third for truck congestion in Texas. Laredo's Bob Bullock Loop, which I'm sure a lot of drivers try to avoid, known as Loop 20, is the third worst road in the state of Texas when it comes to truck congestion, according to an a- annual traffic study by the Texas A&M Transportation Institute. The traffic delays on Loop 20 cost truck drivers an estimated $11.3 million and caused more than 267,000 gallons of excess fuel to be used, the study said. Now, that I would uh, I would have not guessed about it being Laredo being the third, but the others I would have guessed. Road segments plagued by the greatest truck congestion are found in Austin, Houston, and on the U.S.-Mexico border, Near Laredo, the Texas A&M Transportation Institute said in a release, truck congestion is a significant part of most Laredo corridors. Yeah, the study reported that congestion on Texas roadways cost the trucking industry $1.6 billion in 2019. Truck congestion costs are defined as the yearly value of wasted time and other operating costs of large trucks and the extra diesel consumed associated with congestion. Interstate 35 in Central Austin was the top-ranked truck congestion roadway in Texas, Costing drivers an estimated $38.4 million. Use Freightwave's sonar to avoid those kind of things. <laughs> um, lastly, speaking of traffic, it sounds like DOT.gov got way too much of it this morning. Really? That's crazy. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Atree also does a uh, an annual report which looks at every single state, which is kind of fascinating about congestion. Um, but yeah, uh, the, oh, they got over, I see what you were saying. Yeah. About the, that was Thanks. your segue. Thanks for leaving me hanging That there. was your segue. <laughs> was, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the register. It was like, take it back. Right. Um, <laughs> my bad. I fumbled that like, uh, like Drew Brees, uh, registration overload floods the, yes, here we are. Drug and alcohol clearinghouse. Yep. Yeah. The drug and alcohol clearinghouse. It's off to a dismal start for drivers and carriers frustrated by delays and error messages as they attempt to register in the system. According to sources, Contacted by FreightWaves. That was the first thing I did this morning was to check to see if the site was up, and I got a 502 bad gateway. Uh. Then when I refreshed it, I got, like, that old-fashioned, like, Web 1.0 style site. You know when, like, a site's bandwidth, like, <laughs> when Reddit's tapped, you'll yeah. get, like, just the links and everything, the light version of the site? 
that's what popped up. Anyways, the clearinghouse, which the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration opened for background queries Monday, January 6th, is expected to close a major loophole that allowed drivers with drug or alcohol violations to get hired by trucking companies by lying about test failures. All drivers starting new jobs are required to register. Bill Hood, chief marketing officer for Velocity Group, said it appeared that a high volume of users may have crashed the system. The best indicator that we have on what is happening besides not being able to access the sites is the call and the chat volume, which with the FMCSA is 10 to 20 times higher than we have ever experienced, Hood told clients in an email. What do they think? I mean, like, what are they like? Everyone's got to register on this thing. (laughs) You think they're going to do it before the 6th? Ah, yeah. Come on, planning, people. Yeah, I mean... But I, 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 whatever. It'll be. It was like when healthcare.gov opened. Remember, and then like everyone, was like, I can. And then like a week later, it's fine. <laughs> and you gotta use it for the rest of your life now. So it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're also gonna get a little bit more into some of the particulars of the drug and alcohol clearinghouse after we talk to Dean Croak, who's going to talk to us on the line about the uh, these awful wildfires that have been going on in Australia. Chad, I've heard about them. Yeah. I think even Russell Crowe had a speech. Uh, Dean Croak speaking. Hey, Dean Croak, thank you for joining us for five count of five, five two minutes. You're yeah, out on the hey, uh, Dean. You're you're hey, usually Chad. in studio with us, but right now you're where are you out on the road? Are you with JT Engstrom? I'm in. We're in Memphis today. It's right today. Oh wow! Oh, fantastic! Oh, dream well, team. We uh, we're missing you guys in the studio. We've been missing us some Dean time. Too bad this isn't okay. a Dean's list, but uh, yeah. yeah. So so uh, so Dean. Uh, well, there is uh, just uh, devastating fires uh, in Australia happening right now. Can you give us a little context and overview about what you understand is happening? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things Chad that go into this. You know, I I grew up in a uh, on a farm as a child. Um, the, in the 70s, and, and you could sense the uh, changing climate way back then where the continent was becoming much hotter, ocean temperatures were warming, the air was becoming much drier, droughts were becoming more extended, more uh, more intense. Uh, so the whole lot of things have been happening over 20 to 30 years, notwithstanding the fact that there's a hole in the ozone layer above the Antarctic created largely by chlorofluorocarbons, sort of the refrigerant gas. So there's, a, there's an enormous amount of radiation in the southern hemisphere. When you've got a a, a, a large continent with a, a dry landmass where the winds become very dry, as soon as you have an extended drought like we had this year where there was a, a very dry spring, what happened, we had a disproportionate amount of material to uh, catch fire. So it was like the perfect storm. And, of course, we're now seeing record temperatures. I think last week it was 118 degrees, which are normally temps that you see in the outback. Um, road train friends of mine that run road trains are constantly running in 125 degree heat. But this week we saw 118 to 120 degree temps on the coastal area, which is which is where a lot of the fires were. What was that odometer reading you shared on Slack? Yeah, that was a friend of mine pulling four trailers to Darwin. He has about 200 ton on, and his uh, outside air temp on the Kenworth was 48 degrees, which translates to um, around 119 degrees Fahrenheit. I guess a big byproduct of this, Chad, too, has been all the smoke in the air from all of these fires. It's getting into cities. Is this disrupting air travel or anything? I know a cyclone is headed towards there as well. Yeah, it's the cyclone's on the West Coast in the more of the tropic zone, so that's not an immediate threat. That won't provide any water, water and condensation for the fires. But remember, 80% of the population lives in 3% of the landmass, and most right. of that landmass is around the coast where the fires are. So 
what's happened is you've, you've now got a lot of um, smoke trapped um, on the eastern side of the Great Dividing Range, which runs the breadth of Australia about 100 kilometres inland. So that smoke gets caught down towards the coast where a lot of the population lives. So it affects um, visibility for traffic. It's closed roads. Um, you know, my sister's got third-degree burns from stepping on embers from a fire, trying oh, to put out a fire at a school. I get to, it's, there's been, I think, around 19, maybe 20 people have been killed. Millions yeah. and millions of acres. It's, it's um, up to, destroyed. I think, Dean, it's up to 25 now. At least 25. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so I, and for context, like, I think I heard today that uh, about an estimated 13 million square miles had been burned. But for context, I think the right. area is twice the size of Maryland. Exactly. That, yep. Half a billion animals, it says, perished in the state of New Wales alone, according to Sydney University estimates. 2,000 homes yep. destroyed by brush fire. And if you look at a map of these fires, it almost it's almost like the burning ring of fire. It encircles almost the whole continent, as well as, uh, as, well as Tasmania. Right. Well, what you, what you would remember if you traveled to the West Coast and seen the eucalypt trees out in California, they were imported from Australia for railroad ties oh. um, about 100 years ago. And what happens is the eucalypt oil in the gum trees, when it becomes dry, and catches fire, the eucalypt oil explodes. So what happens oh, is wow. the fire races the fire races across the top of the trees. It's like an explosion. It's like there's no fire on the ground, but it'll race from tree to tree and cover an enormous amount of ground and then the fire burns downward, burning the tree and then whatever's at the base of it. And that's one of the biggest issues they face. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean I love those eucalyptus trees. I grew up in California. They're very uh I think I thought exactly. they were indigenous to the area. Um, no. Well, uh, man, that is so. What well, is 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 this an a, an ongoing occurrence? That I mean, does this happen cyclically in Australia? And we're just now hearing about it because it is as as devastating uh, as it is this time. Is it sort of like the California fires, the new normal? Well, it's 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 becoming the new normal. But remember that the bushfire season in Australia doesn't start till around late January when the hottest temperatures are recorded. So the fact that we're having record temperatures before. Christmas in Australia is unprecedented. Mm. Uh, so it was really the perfect storm of events. But there is a general warming of the planet. And from a, a freight perspective, when I used to deliver farm machinery in Australia, we were delivering farm machinery to a smaller footprint of um, arable land because it was, the land was getting hotter and you couldn't farm as much of it. So we were our, our length of haul were decreasing because farming land was actually decreasing on the in, interior of the country, which is typically drier. Yeah, well, Russell Crowe, he used his Golden Globes acceptance speech. He had Jennifer Aniston read a prepared statement addressing and bringing attention, further attention to these Australian wildfires. And he stressed a need for a climate focus. Is that a much bigger, you know, we hear about pressure here and there's tons of arguments about climate, but is that a much bigger issue in Australia right now? And what do people there feel about it? It's substantial because of the recent election where the current uh, party got into power, basically on the back of repealing the carbon tax which the previous government had put in place to try and address climate change. So what we've seen now is in Australia, because it's such a large commodity export country, we've seen a massive growth in coal mines. And so the relaxation of of climate change regulations has stimulated a lot of the um, emissions. I think it'll get worse over time. So there's some political and regulatory effects going on here. But but basically, uh, Tim, it's been the combination of years and years of the country getting hotter and drier and, uh, and and I think it'll just get worse as we as we go further unless something's done 
to, to sort of stem the um, effects of global uh, climate change. Yeah, thanks for helping us uh, in our own rights uh, bring awareness to this issue to our audience, um, thinking about the larger uh, geopolitical uh, context as well. Uh, thanks for being yeah. on, Dean. Yeah, thank you very much thank for your you time guys. today. Best of luck down, you, in, uh, down in Memphis, too. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Wow, interesting stuff, Chad. Yeah. Well, we talked about uh, the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse, and also on radio we talked about driver turnover, so we're going to do a little bit of focus on that. And also, folks out there, we are live. You can see the LinkedIn comments right here. If you want to chime in, you ask us a question, we're more than happy to take it from you. Let us know where you're calling in from, especially if you're in Australia or one of those affected regions. You know, you know Chad? Yes. Today's the day, Prevost. The drug and alcohol clearinghouse is fully operational, like the Death Star, sort of. I bum, told you. Bum, bum. Bum, 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 Do they bum. have tractor beams? Uh, I don't know what they got right now, but they, I got a 502 gateway, like I said, when I when I logged in there. Um, some things to know about it, the, the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, other than the website not working, because you might not be able to get information from there. I guess it's periodic. It's one of those things where it's just like, you know when like tickets go on sale to that, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Taylor Swift concert. Everyone tries to get oh, a ticket master yeah, at the same time. I have time. such a problem with that. Yep. Yeah, just getting yeah, yeah, locked out. So in addition to preparing for a jump in cost for drug testing, their drivers, carriers should also be ensuring that drug testing policies and procedures have been updated to reflect the doubling of random drug testing rates. And uh, this is advice that's been given to uh, us multiple times by JJ Keller. I just got in. So it's so the website's back up. Oh, great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the random drug test increase, and this is, you know, how some of this got started, uh, from 25% to 50% of the average number of a carrier's drivers was made public by the FMCSA the day after Christmas, December 26th. And the agency estimated doubling the rate would end up costing the trucking industry an additional $50 million to $70 million for the calendar year 2020. While the agency did not provide a reason for the increase in the drug use, Close said it's reasonable to deduce that the addition by the U.S. Department of Transportation of four semi-synthetic opioids, yeah. oxycodone. These are new ones on the list, too. So just be mindful of that because if you had an employee for these things. Yeah. So if you had an employee up until this point come up to you and say, look, the doctor prescribed to me for, you know, gas pedal knee or whatever it is, they need the oxycodone, the oxymorphone, the hydrocodone. That's, that's so strong that, stuff. You got to be careful about it. Yeah, because it's going to it's going to pop the quiz, too. Uh, yeah. So they started testing for these things. They're, they're, they've become more epidemic in our culture. And, uh, so they've added that and it, it, I mean, it's not too much to deduce that it has become a major factor in why drug tests are, uh, becoming more and more, uh, you know, they're, they've doubled in, in the amount of them. You know, one time I was, uh, in, in New York, I wasn't feeling well. I had a friend and he, he, uh, he t took some hydrocodone for yeah. bat lower back pain and uh, he said, I, I was asking for Tylenol and he said, he said, I don't have any of those, but I have a hydrocodone. Yeah. Want to so party. I was like, want to get weird. I was like, okay. I get, you know, and, f at, you know, for about 30 minutes, I was, I felt really good. Like, yeah. I was floating, walking through the streets of New York. Uh, and then I got violently ill. Like, viol I could not stop throwing up for hours. Yeah. That happens to some people on heroin too. So it does. Yeah. 
No, I'm serious. It does. Like a lot of people get nauseous from heroin. But I'm just saying, especially that, the first time they take it. That anecdotal experience is like I was like that is strong, crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, Craig Davenport on YouTube. He's in West Texas. He says he's in the West Texas oil fields. He just want to say hello. Well, hello to you too, Craig. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, another thing that could cost the increases here is the legalization of medical and recreational use of marijuana. We've touched on this before, but a survey in September by Quest Diagnostics, which analyzes drug test results, found that the test showing a positive for marijuana in the transportation warehousing industries has increased by 53.3% by 20, between 2015 and 2018. So another thing, if you're, Not illegal, surprising. Yeah, if you're a legal state and you're, you know, yeah. you got your guy eating the gummies or the brownies, Marijuana stays in your system for a very long time, maybe an unfairly long time in some people's opinions, but uh, you got to be mindful of it because the clearinghouse is here now and we talk about insurance and the ramifications all the time. You get in one of these major accidents, the guy has a gummy yeah. in his system. I mean, it's, it, it's right not, or wrong, that's, right. they're going like, to look at that. It's not fair. It's not the same kind of uh, thing. Uh, it could be very mild, but um, but yeah, I mean, t tell an insurance company that, right? Yeah. T telling it, tell, tell somebody who's been injured in an accident um, that. Well, you know, you should tell your MRO, though, the medical review officers, they, they need to have that information. Uh, it's very important now. So make sure you're compliant on this thing. It, it's live. It's active now. The website will get better. And I believe it's what? Clearinghouse.fmcsa.gov. Yep, exactly. All yeah, right. So it oh, is, dot .gov. it's clearinghouse.fmcsa.dot.dot.gov. Yeah. So yeah. get registered if you haven't. Okay. So, Chad, also, when we were doing the 101, we talked about our article on driver turnover. And we're running a little, a little behind. Anthony's waiting for us. But we'll go through this really quick because on Freightways Radio, JT and I were talking about this and we got maybe our most callers we had except for selling an emotional issue. It really is. Everyone had a perspective. I think we only touched on maybe four or five, but some of the ones that people were calling in were saying, or were not surprising. You think about the one was generational. You always have like the get off my lawn or, you know, the youth <laughs> are lazy. Yeah, And that's one that we didn't touch on on Friday. Generational. About. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that can cause, some of the uh, some of the the treatment and respect from carriers and dispatchers and front office. So I think if you have a culture of that, especially the person at the head who's like, young people are lazy, and then you're hiring young people, that might permeate from the the head on down. Well, a lot of people too, uh, generationally, and I don't know how much you talked about this on the radio, but I was thinking, uh, you know, like we, we about a year ago, we were writing articles. We were like, hey, let's talk about making trucking cool again, and like just thinking about this this concept and millennials. Like, how would trucking be cool? It it doesn't fit into a lot of characteristics that we we talk about with millennials. But one of the ways you can make it cool cool for millennials is to think about the tech enabled aspect of trucking. Yeah, no, you're not the wild king of the road like you used to be, but you can like play, you can, you can gamify it. Like, you know, I mean, that's just an idea of like making trucking cool again and how it can be generational. Yeah. So pay, pay was number one though, like for, oh, for everybody, but these, mean, so yeah. the other things are the differentiators, right? Since pay is the same for every, like not the same for everybody, but pay is on the same level of concern for every driver. So these are the other ones where you can really, I guess, get ahead of uh, of the other carriers. One of them was amenities. And it was interesting because it wasn't, you would think, newer technology, but maybe not. In some cases, it was, you know, I'd rather drive for a company that doesn't have a camera in the cab. Well, another guy said he likes the camera in the cab because it, it 
protects him from liability. It shields him from it. But one of the things I just wanted was like a cooler and a comfy seat. So, and maybe a Sirius <laughs> XM account. Some of the <laughs> I know YRC took those away from their drivers. Oh, right. Accounts. Yeah, I remember that. Um, it's not a laughing matter, really. Uh, the thing about pay is like one of those things. I don't completely understand how that problem, that pain point can't be solved. It's It's one of those things where it's acknowledged that it is a hard job. And if there's a shortage of qualified drivers, then well, why, why, if supply, the rule of supply and demand, you would think that pay would go up. I, I mean, I, I guess I, I, the other, the other things were work-life balance. Uh, obviously like people more, I think that the one thing with the younger drivers that a lot of people are criticizing about them was they, they want to be home more often. And that probably is true. They probably do yeah. want to be off the road. They want those weekends over the, off for over the road. Yeah. yeah. For over the road. So, uh, I mean, you're not really going to change that though. you you need to find, you need to work within those schedules and maybe <laughs> I'm going back to pay. I just don't, I think that that's a, that seems like a solvable problem. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I can, like, I remember 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I was getting into teaching and there was this, all this stuff about, Hey, if you want really excellent teachers, just like double their salary and boom, problem solved. And there were these wow. great arguments for it, but I still, I see how with teaching, like there's systemic issues where like, you know, who's paying for it and you can hire people that aren't as great. But with I guess just it seems like if you want qualified drivers, you could pay them more and you would solve some pain points. Let's get Anthony Smith in here. Yeah, right. This okay. is a topic we're always going to talk about. But, uh, you know, what helps pay, too, is market conditions. So for a lot of drivers, great market conditions or good market conditions where they're getting paid more per mile are definitely going to help make them satisfied and make driving behind the wheel, no matter who your car is, a lot more tolerable. Well, there you go. Good conclusion. On the Radar. Presented Love Anthony. By Hello. Sonar. Fabulous, man. Anthony Smith. I'm here. Also, Great to have uh, you on here. Great to be also, here. what, Freight Waves Live? No, Freight Waves Now. Freight Waves Now host. Yes. Yeah, Learning dude. From coming up. Coming on man, up. And Chad yeah. himself. Panelists from time to time on yeah. Off the Supply Chain. Doing what I can. Yeah. You're, uh, it's, it's fantastic. You, uh, you and Zach have a back and forth where you like what he calls the subjective data. Yes. Right. <laughs> there is a lot behind it. Tell us about the data that you like and yeah. what we're seeing. What's the what's the latest? Mm. So the latest, I think, and one of the, one of the most, the biggest item right now, I think, is the PMI. Mm. Uh, yeah. For some reason, people were surprised that it contracted. I don't know why people are surprised. What is your you, BMI? You've been. <laughs> oh, you said PMI. Oh, okay. You've been calling this. You, you've been you've been predicting this, right? Yeah, I've been expecting um, manufacturing to weekend throughout at least the first quarter um probably start to come back online within the second half of the year um but really i think the first couple of months and and 2020 are going to be a little bit weak for manufacturing horror movie sounds mm-hmm. because the article i was reading said that manufacturing index falls towards 2009 don't invoke the goblin no. yeah, 2009 levels is that true that it's getting yeah it's uh the lowest i think well over 10 years around 10 years Mm. Um, so it's not looking good for manufacturing. The PMI, of course, is in components. And so uh, the, the baseline PMI, not looking good. The other thing is, is that there's new orders. There's also uh, that's contracting. And that has um, implications for what's coming on down the line. And mm. that's been contracting for some time. And so without that having any kind of upward momentum, it's hard for me to see production, which is also contracting. Apparently, yeah. transportation equipment is the weakest right mm-hmm. now. 
Yeah. Which is interesting. And that does seem to have direct implications of the, the, uh, the trade war, mm -hmm. even though there is maybe some optimism in that we're in phase one. Yeah. I think of the an agreement. Yeah. I think the big part of it is like, oh, we didn't have, uh, those December 15 tariff hikes on the consumer yeah. facing products. And so I was relieved to see that because as Zach hates, I'm all about consumer sentiment and consumer confidence. Yeah. Consumer has consumer. Beijing, because last last thing I read said Beijing hasn't even confirmed that January 15th meeting. A lot. So, oh, so that's, that's, got, that's for phase signed. two, right? No, it has, for no, for phase one. Phase one hasn't been signed. It's it supposed to get signed. signed on January 15th, and they're supposed to have a meeting to talk about phase two. But I think that the thing with a lot of in manufacturing retail, they're like, well, is it going to happen? Or at any moment, is someone in politics going to get upset? Probably one specific person in politics yeah. going to get upset and throw this trade deal out the window. And that's yes. what we're seeing the, the effects of in 2019, right? Was just the specter of tariffs is enough to do the damage. Oh, yeah. And it can get signed and then it can all be taken back. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just happy that the consumer is off the chopping block for now. Um, yeah. Speaking of the consumer, there's some consumer news. So oh, housing starts okay. doing well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the housing. And yeah. uh, so that's doing well. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of pent-up demand, um, supply-side issues, not enough uh, buildable lots, um, skilled labor, really kind of pushing things out a little bit, but there is demand there. If you look in Boston, man, like, they're just building anything that used to be a parking lot, especially in the seaport, is yep. now just like a building Build on top up. of a building. Yeah. It's, it's disappointing how they develop that place, though, because it, it's clear that, like, they just keep built. Like, there was no overarching design idea or goal. <laughs> it was just like, you know, this is going to be underwater in 50 years. Yeah. So let's exploit it for as much money as possible. <laughs> just fit in the people. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Capitalism. What about in like, what about in like, uh, like, I don't know, the ghetto or crappy areas that people don't want to live in. How are housings? How is our housing market doing out that way? So housing uh, in 0809, the horrible 0809. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it really hit those areas that are already struggling hard. Yeah. And so those areas that were already kind of in the pits are still struggling to this day. And so it's going to be some time before we see any kind of revitalization in those segments. Were, but, were there, because I, I know that it just flattened some markets like Las Vegas mm -hmm. and Atlanta did really, but are, are, have all of the major places recovered or, or some like permanently like hit I think, by, by um, housing starts? Yeah, I think some of the, the, the part, the places that were already in a bad place are probably permanently flatlined to an extent. Oh. But I think we're we still haven't hit uh, pre-recession levels with uh, construction activity, so we're getting there slowly but surely. It's going to be a few years, I think, before we get to 07 levels. Um, but I think uh, we are we are moving at a nice pace, a nice clip. I don't want to see any kind of overt expansion, and then we kind of get into this like bubble area cyclically doesn't housing starts go down during the winter because of weather related seasonality yeah yeah especially like so in the northeast boston area things yeah like that. but um in the south um there is going to be some pullback but thankfully the south doesn't get as much harsh weather um and then Good work if you're a roofer <laughs> that's hard work <laughs> i'm that's i'm a roofer and a rapper that's, that's not a, I met a lot of guys like that in the uh that's the not your southern boston. accent like yeah. ha half roofer half rapper yeah 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 <laughs> Everyone needs a little side gig. Yeah, exactly. Part-time economist, you know? Putting down these shingles. <laughs> <laughs> Putting on a mixtape on a roof is crazy. Yeah. I like yeah. it. All right. If well, it dropped, uh, you know, that could be a bad thing. Oh, yeah. Wait for my mixtape to drop. Or yeah. the roof. You got to specify. The roof. Yeah. The roof. All right. What's on <laughs> right. Freightonomics? Wednesday at 2 o'clock. What are you guys doing? Uh, 
so yeah, I just spoke with Zach. Um, he's feeling a little bit down in the dumps. He goes oh, to, yeah, he does this. Uh, yeah. Every January yeah. or so. Oh, he's got the there, January blues. Where there's yeah. no freight activity either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Someone who's not into sentiment is really feeling down <laughs> the dumps. It's interesting how that works. All right. Well, that's a Well, you'll have spell. to pick him up. I will. I might wear something obnoxious tomorrow. Just nice and yeah, bright. Yeah, pick him up. All right. Well, yeah. you have until Wednesday, so. Yeah, yeah. Get that going for you. Yeah. He's got a couple of days to perk up. Yeah, I'll perk him up. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us, Anthony. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. thanks Anthony. for having me. Fantastic to have on our like this sne- I like this sneaky uh, post-it that you had on your, your water bottle, too. I didn't even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even need doesn't... his crib notes. Oh, now do I got to face uh, uh, this gentleman, the yes. lonely bison. Young the lonely, research upstart, Andrew the Cox. The lonely biscuits. Yep. Oh, right. yeah, they're pretty good. It's time for a little market expert trivia. Market expert trivia. Market expert trivia. Now we have another game. Trivia. Trivia. Ooh. There you go. Just trying to make it slick. Man, the playing feel a little slick for you with this uh, <laughs> diet Dr. Pepper yeah. cherry. Don't let him. Don't Shaped let like him football game you. Yeah. Uh, so Get what, that after playing. The, the, what we're doing right now is we have an incredibly entertaining and informative off the supply chain coming out uh, Friday uh, at noon. It's called Brokering Both Sides of the Equation. And, you know, it features Carrier Direct CEO Peter Rinchler, market expert Donnie Gilbert, and Sonar Sales EVP Michael Caney. So we are celebrating the brokerage challenge with the market expert trivia Mm -hmm. uh, on brokerage. All right, here's your buzzer. That's my buzzer. Hear this sound, you screwed up. So yours notice is further away than... No, not really. It's further away from me. So... Okay. So, so you're just gonna have to is, if you do, you have a measuring tape. This is this is equidistant. Do you know what that word means, English um, major? It's more of a math term. It means they're further apart. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's see. Uh, All right. Here, here. Uh, All right. Whoa. All right. Hey. Okay. So, uh, ready? Oh wait, you got to wait until he re- reads the entire question. That's right. Got to yeah, wait on this that. This is for the audience All too. Right. So, you, by the way, Craig Davenport says that if uh, if drivers the, would stop working oh, for cheap oh. pay, then it would go up. Oh, talking about the really? Yeah. yeah. Um, by the, the way, driver dude, attention. Um, we Stephen D. Carpenter says big dogs are here. So hey, Stephen D. Carpenter. Hey, big dogs. Good <laughs> to see you. <laughs> All right. So question. Okay. Well, right. There's five questions. We have a bonus. Are these for, multiple for a tiebreaker? They're all multiple all right. choice. All right. So here we go. N- number one. Brokers began to play a significant role in the trucking industry starting in which decade? A, the 1930s, B, the 1940s, C, the 1960s, or D, the 1970s? It was the 1930s. Uh, uh, I'm what? sorry. I was going to say the 1930s. 19- I was going to say the 1970s. But could be incorrect as well. 1980? I know the, the motor 1935? Was. No, no. You guys didn't study enough. You gave us a 39-page <laughs> PDF an hour before <laughs> this. But the, the answer was that in was the first all text. Page. It didn't even have no. like one visual. It, it was the, 19, the 1960s. Okay. What? All really, right. it was the 50s and 60s, but I didn't really let the 50s out. Um, okay, number two. So, well, it's zero to zero. Mm. Uh, the Motor Carrier Act of 1935 yeah. restricted the growth of brokerages with strict regulations, making it difficult to enter the market. What was the name of the act that deregulated the industry? A, was it the Motor Carrier Act of 1980? B, the Logistics Deregulation Act? C, the Deregulation Act of Carrier Shippers and Brokers? Or D, the Freedom Act of 1980? 
It was A. It was A. A is correct. That seemed like a tie. I don't know. But we'll give it to Dooner. Very nice. I'll take that point. All right, number three. Pocket. The Motor Carrier Act of 1980 Mm -hmm. virtually deregulated the uh, A. Wait, wait! I forgot the president. It, for, it, um, the the um, let's see, the Motor Carrier Act of 1980. It deregulated the industry, and it led to what? A higher prices. B financial instability. C protracted litigation. D an increase in bankruptcies. E all of the above. Or F none of the above. If nothing, if it, it did nothing but help all start flag on the play. There's an F. Flag on the play. There's a flag on the play, and I think there that is, is a flag a, on the play. I think it was uh, F. I think it's E. All all of the above. E all of the above. <laughs> all right. I see oh. how you went with F though. See that was that was a clever was, way that I, I did that. It turned out to be the F bomb. <laughs> one to one. All right. All right. Most four, number four. Most industry experts believe freight brokers will no longer be necessary. A, during this decade. B, during the next decade, 2030s. C, at least two decades from now. Or D, none of the above. They'll play a role for the foreseeable future. That That's an E. That's too early. Oh, That's a I, flag. All right. So your, your opportunity. And my answer didn't count. I didn't even hear it. Okay. Well, I was going to say that they're they're always going to play a role. I don't think that. so. D, none of the above. I they'll always play above. a role. That's correct. Uh, yes. Mm. But what did you answer? B. Oh, okay. Well, then no harm, no foul. That's my own opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So what does that make it? Two to one in mm-hmm. favor of the young upstart? Yeah. Number five. I mean, he's like half your age. That's true. Right? And he's like, and you're like three times his age. <laughs> hey, that's not true. I think I literally am maybe twice his age. Yeah, close um, Five. Uh, in order to survive as a smaller freight broker in today's environment, mm-hmm. brokerages are re-strategizing their value proposition. They are now offering A, managed transportation, B, trailer pooling, C, warehousing, D, final mile assistance, E, all of the above, or F, none of the above. They're hammering down on relationships. It's E, it's E, it's E. <laughs> Where's your tiebreaker? You guys. Where's your tiebreaker? You guys. Well, sometimes you tra- You can't do like an F sometimes because that you like, gotta wait yeah, till ruining our shot clock. <laughs> that would be like in basketball if you had like a seven second shot clock and then you had like a 12 second. It's just not fair. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. All right. So it's two right. to two. Here's the bonus Sudden tiebreaker. Death. Convoy recently announced a new funding round of $400 million, which puts their post-valuation market value at A, $1 billion, B, $1.5 billion, C, $2 billion, D, $2.75 billion, or E, $5 billion. Yes, Andrew. D, 2.75. That is correct. Yeah. Young upstart. Hey, Andrew great quarter Bob. for those guys, right? Wow. Yeah, Man. that was really Who good. Who knew? I didn't know you knew so that much about really brokerage. Good. Well, I read all 39 pages of your Scholastic article. You kind of <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, good work, young Jedi. Thank you for having yes. me. Yes. What's coming up on Great Quarter, guys? Are you, when is that? Uh, I think we're, yeah, we're going on tomorrow. I think it'll be at 2 or at 3 uh, p.m. Like Not exactly sure. Uh, we're going to be breaking down a uh, mega, uh, kind of like a, a big merger in the steel industry. Uh, basically, AK Steel got bought out by its... Oh. Uh, by its big, by its biggest suppliers. So. I used to, uh, I used to have because on Robinhood they're always in the top 100 AK steel and it's cheap. And I had it for a little bit, but it was like kind of a boring stock. Yeah, so I just, I, mean, I got. That's what happens to me on Robinhood. If I, if I get bored, I just sell it. 
Okay. You like you like volatility. I do like uh, then I'll jump. Then I'll be like uh, Bitcoin six thousand. Like I got to get some Bitcoin. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, I love especially Bitcoin. at six thousand. Do you think Bitcoin's looking at six thousand? I think I think, it, I think it's yeah. No no advice here, but I do think it's a good price right now. I, I think that uh, Bitcoin has a much higher long term value than six thousand. So uh, I I don't I don't suggest anybody go put their savings in it. But a little here and there, I think is a is a fair yeah. Uh, get out at like get out around ten. Go six. Play the six to ten. Yeah, they have like a lot of people have this like. This is uh, not for uh. This is just no, us talking, no advice, right? Yeah, just chat. That's what I would be doing if if yeah. you were doing. That. If you were yeah. a smart investor, not perhaps? if I were you. Yeah, just yes. that's what you would be doing. That's what I would be doing. Uh, um, all right. Anyways, hey, so your show it's streaming all day now. This, the the, the channel is just one like a continuous stream, right. and you guys are we got you guys here too. So check out his show. Um, and it'll be either two or three o'clock tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Check <laughs> either, it out. either one of those. All, all right. right. Thanks, Thank guys. you for joining. Thank us. you, Andrew. Fantastic. All right, it's time to play a little uh, big deal, little deal with What's the deal Emily with you? Zink. Uh, is she out there? She is. Oh, big deal. This is hey, big. come on in. This is this is good news. This is not big deal. This is great. Oh wow! Whatever's what happening there. What happened? It didn't even play the end. Oh, the wrong bumper went in. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Chaotic. Do we have to hear the whole thing again? Well, I wanted to uh, hear my son. It was like, uh, well, oh, it didn't right. even play to the end. That's right. I know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know if that was the right. That was the wrong bumper. Oh well. Oh, oh um, well. Oh well. That that we'll could be our first big time. deal, little deal. Yeah. Is that a big deal or a little deal? That's that a big the bumper deal to me. did not play. Wait, was your son? Yeah, he was on that one. Aww. I know. Okay, we'll play it next time. So, looks like Dooner. You're yes. going first. We got a lot of good ones today. Okay. So, of course, we know holiday shopping season has just passed. Returns could top $95 billion post-holiday shopping. Not only that, though, but fraud and abuse increase during the holiday shopping period, and it could actually be up 8% this year. Is that a big deal or a little deal? That's a huge deal. So, this is a true story. I was at Walmart yesterday, and my son, he got like a gift card from his uncle because we were flying to Boston. So, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Uncle. So that we didn't have to bring back a bunch of gifts on the airplane. You know how that can be a challenge yeah. in the holidays. Well, we went to Walmart and he saw this like Jabba's Palace Return of the Jedi playset. It's like $50. It, it already took like a half hour of crying at the store and like arguing <laughs> and like it's my Christmas money, you know, and that kind of thing. Oh. So we get it for him and uh, we bring it home. We open it and half the parts are missing. Like someone stole the action figure and like part and uh, most of the Jabba's Palace and oh, then just gosh. put it back in. They put it back on the shelf. And that's that's that fraud they're talking about. So I got affected <laughs> by this. Eight percent is kind of a lot. That's like yeah. when things are starting to get in danger. And now you can't trust like even what you're buying on a store shelf. There you had no more of these jobs. I had to get it off Amazon.com. Sorry, Walmart. Man. Oh. So big deal. Big deal. I got fraud. It sounds like a return. micro. Plus, we talk about sounds these, like a micro issue. Look, you guys know yeah. off the supply chain better than anybody. And how much we talked about reverse logistics and how uh, returns are causing all the wildfires in Australia with the the climate stuff. <laughs> I think your head That's is a bit of a stretch. too well, full of news right now, man. Okay. Things are bleeding into each other. Um, you know, obviously, e-commerce has been around uh, and is, is here to stay, and it's just growing, and therefore, so is reverse logistics. So, yes, overall, it's a big trend in our industry. But if I were to say, is this a big deal? The same, It's going to be the same story every year, hmm. year after year after year. It's only growing. So I'm going to say little deal because you know what? It's going to grow to more than... 740 billion by 2023. Fraud is? 
the uh, the returns after the, returns the holidays. Yeah, we're talking the about holiday. the fraud here. Yeah, what but as fraud? a result, <laughs> we so. want to know about that fraud. <laughs> Come on now. Um, yeah, it's all related, and it's um, and I think it's all pretty um, pretty much of a little deal because it's going to keep happening. Okay. Well, we've been talking about AB5 a lot, and the Agriculture Transportation Coalition says California trucking regulation would wreak havoc on exporters of farm and forest products that depend on California ports. These exporters applaud the stay of AB5. Mm -hmm. Chad, is this a big deal or a little deal? This is a big deal uh, because it, it is. It's like, you know, we just talked a little bit about uh, re- the regulatory, the the motor, the Federal Motor Act that of 1935 and of 1980. And and one thing that I learned from, you know, my study of, of some of this is that there is a very real effect of regulation versus deregulation that happens in our industry where you have real inhibiting effects of certain constituencies within, let's say, just transportation right now. And so that is what is happening. Like just, um, yeah, the, the agriculture, they're saying that the AGTC, like they are going to be impacted if you put out this regulatory um, ruling. And so I think I applaud the the stay on it right now because I think there are unintended consequences and not just because it's not just because of the um, the ride sharing stuff. It's a little deal because it's just a stay. It it hasn't, uh, you know, they still have to go through litigation, all those things. But, it, you know, it's a step in the right direction, as as they have already said about that. And look, the more people who jump on board and say, hey, this impacts our industry, the better off it is. But it'll be a it'll be a big deal if they, you know, it actually goes through. Very true. Well, okay. this is this is really cool. If you could look this up and see a picture of this, because unfortunately we don't have one. But mm. this little guy is interesting look. <laughs> Digit? Yes. Agility Robotics is putting Digit, a two-legged robot that can lift up to 40-pound packages on the market. Mm. Ford Motor is actually its first customer. Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? 40 pounds is like nothing. It's like a little deal. You saw Anthony Smith in here. He drinks milk. He drinks 40 <laughs> pounds of milk a day. Um, well, we're not all as strong and tall and handsome as you, Dooner. Well, I don't know. But getting up the steps, I don't know. Like, is it a big deal that there's a robot that costs $250,000? I mean, I feel like we're going to have autonomous vehicles before we have robots deliver, like robots like that climbing up steps and delivering our doors. If you look like they're, they're kind of slow and, they are. and they clunky. Move. I know. It literally, the YouTube like video yeah. of it, it's I was like, watching it. make it stop. It's I know. walking like, down like a little. If you saw that coming here, you would just run downstairs I, and grab the package from it. You'd be right. like, come on. I'll just give it to I'll me already. Yeah, <laughs> I like, don't think it's going to help. Yeah. How many bags? I mean, and Ford bought two. I mean, like, they, also, yeah. they were also investors, so I don't yeah. even know if they bought them. So. I know that's oh. like, they kind of have to at that point. They're yeah. only getting two. That's like if your kid bought Girl Scout cookies, right? So think yeah. of Ford as a parent. That's and these true. things as Girl Scout cookies. You have to buy yeah. the cookies. That you only buy two from your kid? Like, what? That would be really cheap, wouldn't it? <laughs> that is right. That reminds me one time um, my daughter was selling Girl, Girl Scout cookies here at Freight Waves. <sighs> And uh, Craig uh, put in an order for four hundred. Wow! Made her. But you said she didn't win. Someone sold more. Oh than that? yeah, like that's the, crazy. They, they sell the like, logistics they of would, moving cookies. They would sell thousands. So um, did she just give up after she sold four hundred and <laughs> she, not sell she more? Twenty eight more. <laughs> oh man! All right. Alta Chad and his wife. Yeah. No. No. Not just us. But so is this um, a big, digit a big deal or a little deal? You know, when I it's a. 
big deal for the future of robots where they're going to be doing stuff for us. Man, talk about the logistics of Christmas. I just finished putting everything up. If I could have a robot that was just going around, like lifting mm-hmm. that ping pong table that you know, Santa brought, table? you know, oh, and like, yeah, yeah, all kinds of th- ping pong table. But, <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. And actually it was an incredibly good value. Okay. You know, I didn't know. I'm just saying like Santa $68 mm-hmm. uh, at Walmart. I was like, wow. I can get this. Yeah. And like, if it's not used, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. You know, but anyway. You can play like like the cups game, where you? Beer pong. <laughs> Beer pong. <laughs> I can use it for that. You guys could come over and let's play sometime. There we'll we go. All right. Showdown. Um, but anyway. Live stream from obviously, <laughs> look, <they're, laughs> That's right. This is, um, the you know, they're, they're hardly making any. They're making 20 to 30 of these bots um, throughout this year. Um, the rate will apparently double in 2021, but they're not going to make a dent in the market for years to come. So it is one of those things like it's fun to dream about. Um, maybe there'll be applications where you can like, you know, send them to war, right? Maybe they're done like, like the We would right. be clubs. killed because they march <laughs> so slowly. Well, you've seen the dogs Boston right right Dynamics has. Those are scary. And those move fast. Yes, too fast. they do. Yes. Dude, like there's got to be a middle ground. Like not like super, super slow, roll grandma over shit and get bed sore <laughs> speed, but like- Maybe not like Terminator dog could like murder you in a second speed either. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, speaking of the future, at CSC 2020 in Vegas this week, German supplier Robert Bosch Vegas? is. Yeah, Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. Been there, I guess. Vegas is showing an AI enabled virtual visor mm. that would block out blinding sun rays. <laughs> I big love this thing. This deal. is such a big yeah. deal. This morning, I like, you know, was the, the sun was blinding me down the mountain. I almost fell off the mountain because the sun was blinding <laughs> yeah. me. And and so, that like, the, what a dream. Like, what talk about things that make a difference. We've been using those, like, visors. I think yeah. that technology is 100 years old. So this is really cool. So like when the sun, like when it can, like through facial recognition, like the 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 shadow, it recognizes that there's a shadow on you, and then the shading like kind of moves specifically to where the light's coming through. Yeah. If, if that works, that's super cool, and I think it would look really cool on the Nicolas, the um those the class eights that're coming out in 2022. Um, boy, that would be cool on on those hydrogen um trucks. Yeah, big for drivers. Yeah. Uh, you know, here in Chattanooga, we do get some beautiful sunsets, and the sun's the sun does get at, at odd angles. But you get more beautiful sunsets per capita in Chattanooga <laughs> probably than anywhere, don't we? I mean, they're they're always you live in a good spot to get yeah. them. Too. Yeah, 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 right in that mountain curve. Like they do, they do look great, and I like the idea of this thing. It's great. The CES is going on, so a lot of cool tech stuff is yes. coming out of there. There was uh, there's also the Fisker, and like if you thought uh, Tesla's unveiling of the Cybertruck was weird, I mean the Fisker one, like not it, it was. That is a bomb. Like nobody paid attention to that. It's like this thirty nine thousand R one, and like the the guy awkwardly came out of the the guy who made it awkwardly came out of the back of the trunk, and like I don't know, Elon gets all this like oh what a Tesla's like a scam or something, yeah. but like the Fiskers like try to put out multiple cars and like change names and stuff. So like cool, like thirty nine thousand that can go two point like it's SUV that can go zero to sixty in two point nine seconds. Like maybe cool. I don't know. CS has a lot cool. of stuff that like tech, but like I just. I just hope it's more like going to stay in the car than like end up like a Sky Mall kind of thing. You know, like just a bit like or Sarper in it. I always feel bad for people who are in Sky Mall. I'm like, uh, I feel bad that Sky Mall doesn't exist anymore. I've been flying a lot, too, and looking forward to getting a Yeti statue. (laughs) We we found a a good article in there one time, though, didn't we? And was it Sky Mall? No, that was just like the Delta. Magazine. Um, well, it's about the same quality. Skyball yeah. has a no. Delta does a good magazine. I, I will. I'll, I will give it to them. They have. Really it was good like writers. outside the box or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. 
Well, here Mobility, the European-based mobility as a service marketplace, announced that it now collaborates with over 700 mobility supply and demand partners across the world, culminating in a 150% year-over-year growth last year alone. Is this a big deal or a little deal, Dooner? When I was first looking at this, I was like, oh, what is it? It's just connecting, you know, like uh, electric scooters and the bicycles and those kind of things. But then I thought about it a little bit more. And this mass segment is going to be absolutely huge because especially if car ownership declines and people really are using just on-service, on-demand cars, I mean, that's really where the big opportunity is. So I do think there's going to be a ton of growth in there. And I think that here mobility is very smart to be to be in uh, in that category this early on and really understand it. I mean, when have you heard it, the, the term, you know, MASS, mass yeah. is, is pretty new too. Very we, new, yeah. You, I think this may be the first year you're going to hear it become sort of in the common vernacular. And yeah, it's good to get ahead of it. But sometimes being the first one isn't always being the best one, you know? That's true. Uh, so you're going to have big investors come in that category. By the way, if, is this a big deal or a little deal? Someone on the on the YouTube comment section, like they're making a connection here. He said uh, he, he, one person's asking the other if they can exchange numbers and talk oh, logistics no, stuff daily. So we are doing a live stream yeah. all day now. That's a brand new thing started. Big and deal. it was really cool. People were talking back and forth to each other. And that's cool that they're exchanging phone numbers. That is a huge that's like deal. It's, it's like a, yeah. we're building a community, right? Oh, your I own love pod, that. Like your own, be, the, be your own podcaster while you watch this or get inspired by whatever we say. If you get bored yeah. with it, just... Just, just do have your own thing. With each other. We don't but, mind. Yeah, keep us on in the background like you would uh, sports center. Wow, I love that. You yeah. know, similar to this, I mean, at least in, in America, there's some there's some startups doing, uh, you know, like they'll they're crowdsourcing and they're they'll do deliveries for you or they're I, it is it's a trend and I think it's kind of cool that way and yes it will ultimately decrease the private ownership of cars is definitely going down over the next decade by by you know leaps and bounds and uh we've got to figure out uh, you know um the uh congestion we've got to figure out solutions yeah. to it so it, it's cool in that way they've connected they've collaborated with 700 mobility supply and yeah. demand partners across the world who knew there were that many <laughs> right so um i guess that's a fairly big deal you know yeah okay. yeah it's a cool it's a trend not a fad <laughs> yeah no it's, it's going to be with us like yeah, this, it will. this thing is only going to grow yeah the Walker County Sheriff's Office announced that detectives arrested a 53-year-old. His name is Richard Porch Pirate Benitez of <laughs> oh. Rossville, Georgia. That's we a, need to have him on the show. Not a real nickname. He allegedly stole 53 packages and he's from 53 the front years old. porch. It may be one Look at those coincidences. This Porch Pirate's name is Porch yes. Pirate. And he, 53-year-old stole 53 oh, packages. 53 packages someone that did not get for the holidays. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. I think we need to, like, you know those pillories that they used to have in the uh, old days where you have to, like, is it a pillory? Oh, yeah. Stockade? A stockade. Let's stock it. No, no, we're just like, we just need to throw things like tomatoes and We eggs need to put them, them in the center. Yeah, it seems like one center. of those kinds of crimes, like a little shame and humiliation. Um, that that you know, kind of shame those porch pirates for taking our stuff. Like make them dress you up know? like a pirate with a plastic cutlass <laughs> and a sandwich board on. I like, like that. I there, stole, yeah. and he's not just standing yeah, there for like a, a beep. Yeah. I'm a porch pirate. That would be a good thing. punishment. Yeah, yeah. He's and, smiling in his in his um. That's him. Oh. He's smiling in his. Because he got some good presents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. I, <laughs> 53 packages too. That's that's substantial. Uh, yeah, that would really annoy me so much more. Like the proportionate of the the punishment I'd want to inflict on him is right. much less because I don't live in his yeah. neighborhood. But had he stole 
like something that I was waiting for, I would be like death penalty. Yeah. I would yeah. be like lethal injection. <laughs> Not just the stockade, huh? Yes. Um, oh, wow. I thought the stockade was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, you would feel similar to like how you felt when like half the action figures aren't in the, uh, the set. Yeah. Like, yeah. and maybe it was probably him. <laughs> maybe. Who yeah. knows? I was a short story when I was in Tampa. There was, I was on my parents' next door app, you know, where you talk. There was a guy who was arrested for the same thing and he allegedly was following a FedEx truck around. Oh. And for days, they, and they didn't notice. FedEx did not notice the same guy, the same car was following them around. But it's just people see the opportunity and they do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, here's a word to the wise, a little warning. Like, there was just an article that was put out recently that was talking about how Amazon now has the widest home surveillance network. Since buying uh, video door ring video yeah. doorbell, so like right. I don't think there's a street you can go on without at least one of those on there. So Porsche pirates, yeah. be warned, you're probably being watched by someone's door. Maybe okay. not even the one you're taking the package from. Somebody else. Yeah, they they see a far distance. Yeah, that's a good word to the wise if you're gonna think of doing something bad. Yeah, according to Realtor.com, Chattanooga. <laughs> okay, don't do it. Stockade will come in for you though. Chattanooga. Chattanooga ranks among the top housing markets for 2020. Is this a big deal or a little deal, Dooner? Well, it would be a bigger deal if I owned a house here, but now it's just like a bad deal because it's just rising. Like, I'm a renter, so it's probably just going to raise my rent. Uh, it's good. There's a lot of construction around here, and you can see places uh, like areas of Boston. Like, when I was living in South Boston, they started developing a whole bunch over there. And you can see similar things like neighborhoods here with like, abandoned homes like Chattanooga is an interesting place there's some parts that are nice and built up and then it's just an emerging place there's some blocks you go down and it's like what happened here yeah like right we, like what yeah, happened? Really like a bombed too. out area and i think that if you if we could really solve uh, a really huge issue here the education issue yeah um what, but i guess i know i know every community has those issues i'm gonna i mean i i have a place on signal mountain where you know we're in a good um school district so um, that's, that's nice. So it sucks you know, to be right? you. So, <laughs> so, so, but, um, but, uh, you know, like, I guess it's, uh, it's a big deal. I feel good about Chattanooga's growth and that's nice. Um, but we need to figure out some, um, bigger, you know, solutions to, yeah, some I mean, if people really here, stubborn they want problems. good schools. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and Alberto says he loves it. He loves the, the live stream. Thank you guys. By the way, you're doing a great job spreading knowledge about logistics. We appreciate oh, that. Thank well, thank you. you. Well, this is interesting. The mm -hmm. Mandalorian's creator says that Baby Yoda is not actually a Baby Yoda. Huh? Chad, big deal or a little what? deal? Um, this is a little deal what? because it's already referred to as the child and he was just being coy. He was just saying he can't say, you know, what the people are having their theories. He's letting people run with it. So unless it's I mean, it, it would be a big deal if it's bursting uh, Dooner's bubble. Because you've got the baby Yoda, yeah. you've been calling it the baby Yoda. You, Everyone, you guys I think, has been calling yeah. it baby Yoda. Well, here I'll I'll just like Wikipedia out on you. They're, they're raising <laughs> people call it the baby Yoda because in the first episode, if you watch it, they would say he's fifty years old. You know, he's not a baby, right? So and for so, that reason alone, yeah, <laughs> it's like you already understand that if you know the show. But I guess like oh, just pop culturally, probably a lot of look like, oh, baby Yoda, yeah. you know, but baby yeah. Yoda. I've heard about baby Yoda, but like <laughs> that's because the, the the creature itself, Yoda, his creature is never. And even in like the dorkiest of Star Wars lore, like the books, comic books, the the things that are canon, the things that are just the legend series, it, it's his Yoda's creature, his, his species type is never named. Right. So you have to call it the baby Yoda because it's like, and a you have baby to call it Yoda. Yoda, even though it's apparently yeah. not Yoda. No, yeah, yeah. But people, we understand that John Favreau. Yeah, <laughs> we get yeah. We get it. We didn't need a whole news article yeah. about it. Wow. Well, this was but that good. was a fun yeah. big big deal, little deal though. Lots this, of good ones. Okay, so is this? How long does the stream keep running on a daily basis? Because this is new. So, like, let let people know, Emily. 
Yeah, so 9 to 4.30, that may change, uh, but for now, that's when we start, that's when we end, and so obviously, we're live right now, this isn't the normal time, you guys are usually yeah. on 3.30 to 4.30, but that's, we, we may, something today. We might take this one, though, we, we take might take this, this 2 o'clock, okay. what do you think, Chad? I like this slot. Yeah, I think we might Great. take 2 o'clock. Yeah. News to me, I'll p- pencil you in. <laughs> yeah. um, but do you cool mind? <laughs> I don't mind. New 2020 Monday time, 2 o'clock, <laughs> 2 o'clock? On, on Mondays, yeah, we'll do it. Easy okay, to let's remember, do it. 2020. Let's do it, 2020, yeah. 2 o'clock. Um, so the cool thing is, so say you weren't at Freight Waves Live or you were at Freight Waves Live and you were in another room or you couldn't check everything out. We're replaying a lot of our content. So we're talking yep. not only keynotes at Freight Waves Live, we're talking demos. And what's just Chicago? It's also Atlanta too. Um, fuller speed ahead. Mm-hmm. Any what the trucks we've, we're replaying. So it's a full stream of a lot of good content. And um, it was cool to see people, like I said, interacting at 10 o'clock on YouTube with each other. Just Having a conversation. So yeah. it, it was really cool to see. And someone was talking about they're interested in video and wondering how they could do something full time. So it's really good to start the conversation. And we didn't really advertise it because it's just, you know, a soft launch Wonder of sure everything. We wanted to make too, sure yeah. it worked. But I, I'm excited to see John Kingston, who's on our team. He wrote that he got an Apple TV, he put it on LinkedIn for uh, oh, Christmas. And oh, so I thought he was now, coming on the show. No, no. Oh. Like, oh, <laughs> so now he's going to download FreightWave. Drilling deep. Yeah. With John Kingston. Yes. He's going to download the Freight Waves TV app. And then someone else said, I'm putting it on in the office. So it, it's great. It's great yeah. to hear that. Like you said, it's just on in the background. Yeah. Make the switch. Put yep. it on like like ESPN. Uh, if you want to continue. Oh, if she, she mentioned those things. Also, if you subscribe to Freightcast, that's where all of our podcasts, it's one feed. If, if you want to just sample all of them, you kind of want to do what you're doing here. Just have yep. sort of a channel to get every single show that we put out. Subscribe to Freightcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are heard around the world. We're also releasing uh, in small doses, trickling down uh, fuller speed ahead, the best of the week in that one. And then uh, from the World's Fair of Freight, we're covering Freight Waves Live Chicago. Uh, I think we still have maybe about eight more episodes from that one to come out. I'm trying to coincide that by the time that's done, it'll be we'll do a month of previews for Freight Waves Live Atlanta, kind of like how we did a month before Freight Waves Live Chicago. And then that, that feed kind of becomes live. Um, and also, we all of our special reports come up on there. We've done a few. We did on yeah. Celadon. We did on the truck stop one. So whenever we do a, a special report, you can hear the audio. You can listen to the rest of this. We're just kind of going to be ubiquitous in your life. Yeah. No, I and, love it. And so definitely make that a part of your day. Turn it on. Have it in the background. And like you said, if you can't watch, you could always listen. Yeah. If you want more Chad Prevost, at Chad Prevost on the Twitter. Emily Zink, at Emily Zink. That is S-Z-I-N-K. I'm Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Turn the key in the ignition to get out of here. You can try to stop us, but we keep on coming live every day, man. 9 to 4.30. We got all these different shows going on. Thank you, DHL, our sponsor, for helping us put on this show that we call What the Truck. You can try to stop us, but we keep on coming, America. You can try to stop us, but we keep on coming, world. You can try to stop us, but we keep on coming, universe. Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, you, you can try to contain us, but you can't stop us. Yeah, yeah, Woo! love it. Thanks, everybody. See you Friday.